0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Effect podcast, where we discuss methods, strategies, and tactics to protect and compound your wealth. I'm your host, Matt Fabian, and I'm here to help you create your own wealth effect. Hey, everyone, it's Matt Fabian with the Wealth Effect podcast. It is Monday, October 31st, 2022. First of all, I want to wish you all a happy Halloween. May your evenings be fun and slightly spooky. All right, now back to it. Today We're talking about how last quarter's GDP numbers came through uh, and will likely keep the Fed stuck between a rock and a hard place. So far this month, major stock market indices have rebounded as investors hope for a slowdown in the pace of Fed rate hikes. As of last Friday, the S&P 500 had gained 8.8% over the month, and its year-to-date loss was cut to 18%, just slightly better than bear market levels. The Dow is now above correction territory with only a 9.6% year-to-date decline, while the NASDAQ consisting of hard-hit tech stocks gained 5% so far this month and has reached a year-to-date pullback of 29%. This occurred despite a jump in interest rates with the 10-year Treasury yield rising above 4%. So what's driving this market optimism, and how should long-term investors maintain some perspective? The first chart in the show notes, I post quarterly GDP growth rates all the way back to 1947, with a highlight of the last four quarters going back to Q4 of 2021 where we see the growth of the economy was at 7% towards the tail end of last year. Earlier this year, that economic growth actually fell into the negative territory with Q1 being a negative 1.6%, and then Q2 was a negative 0.6%. And then most recently for the third quarter, a positive 2.6%. So this important economic data released last week, sheds light on how businesses and households are doing in this challenging inflationary environment. After the economy shrank slightly in the first half of the year, again declining 1.6% and 0.6% in the first and second quarters, GDP report for the third quarter showed a swing to growth of 2.6%. This also exceeded est- estimates of economists that were anticipating 2.4% growth in the last quarter, and it also softens concerns that we may already be in a recession. While GDP is backward-looking and reflects many already-known factors, this is nonetheless a welcome sign. While this growth rate is nothing to write home about, it doesn't change, and it doesn't change the fact that many parts of the economy are still struggling, It is positive and helps provide some perspective. The poor GDP numbers earlier this year were nowhere close to the initial stages of the pandemic when GDP fell 30% at an annualized rate, or during 2008 when the financial system was on the brink of collapse. Referring to the chart posted in the show notes, it shows the wide range of economic growth rates since World War II and how moderate recent the recent numbers have been despite the level of investor concern. It's also important to remember that across history, recessions occur periodically and serve as an economic reset, paving the way for future growth. The next chart in the show notes I show GDP growth components over time. So you can see the last quarter of GDP had a growth total growth from various factors of personal consumption expenditures, gross private domestic investment, government spending, and net exports. The details of the GDP report showed that the consumer spending decelerated but still contributed 1% to growth. However, as discussed last week, consumer credit card debt has been accelerating this year, picking up much of the tab for declining inflation-adjusted incomes. From an economic point of view, this is not a sustainable source of growth and remains a vulnerability. Gross private domestic investment fell last quarter due largely to the struggling housing market, reducing headline GDP by 1.6 percentage points. This is consistent with rising rates and softening demand leading to the largest decline in the Case-Shiller Home Price Index since the 2008 housing crisis. Beyond housing, business spending on equipment and intellectual property investment added about half of one percentage point to GDP. Government spending rose slightly, contributing 0.4%. Finally, rising exports paired with a reduction in imports buoyed production for the third quarter despite the strengthening U.S. dollar. This shift in trade numbers reverses the big drive, driver of negative growth in the first quarter, highlighting how much of these numbers can change from quarter to quarter. The natural question for investors at this point is how positive economic numbers impact Federal Reserve rate decisions. The market often interprets bad, sorry, good news as bad news, since it could be evidence that the economy can withstand higher rates as the Fed combats infl- inflation, the Fed may increase interest rates with a lower risk of inducing a recession, especially with the reported unemployment rate still so low and core inflation continuing to accelerate through September. The next chart in the show notes I post the Federal Funds and Futures implied interest rates going forward into 2023 and 2024, which show that by middle of the year next year, the markets are now anticipating that the Fed will cut interest rates uh, instead of raising interest rates as they currently are. Ironically, the recent market rebound has been driven by this hope that the Fed may begin to slow its rate hikes despite the positive economic numbers. The chart shows that the market anticipates the Fed will raise rates to around 4.75% to 5% by mid-2023, a slight decline from previous expectations. This is partly based on the comments of some Fed officials who argue for, quote, front-loading rate hikes and measuring their effects over time. So far, investors, economists, and the Fed have all been overly optimistic about both inflation and the path of rate hikes, forcing upward adjustments to these numbers throughout the year. While falling inflation and a reversal in Fed policy would be a welcome sign were they to occur, it's essential to maintain a level-headed view of the data to avoid swinging between manic pessimism and optimism of the market. There are still many short-term questions on how this part of the business cycle will play out and whether strong economic data is bad for markets. As we've written about in the past, the Fed remains stuck between a rock and a hard place. If they pivot too soon, this will undoubtedly be positive in the short term for asset prices, yet would lock in the seeds of higher long-term inflation. If they are to over-tighten monetary policy, they risk putting the economy into recession. So we'd only want a change or a reversal in Fed policy if it were properly timed, which only time will tell if they can thread that needle. And we are of the view that to truly rein in inflation, we are not yet at that point. So what is the bottom line? The latest GDP numbers show that there are still bright spots in the economy despite many challenges with inflation. The Fed, though, remains stuck between a rock and a hard place, and much of the recent market rally can be attributed to premature hope around a Fed pivot. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Wealth Fed Podcast. Hope you're all doing well out there. Again, happy Halloween and happy wealth generation. Investment advisory services are offered through Fabian Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. Nothing discussed during the show should be viewed as investment advice. Everything discussed is generic, non-specific, non-tailored information. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please reach out to us at info at fabianwm.com or call us at 925 Three two 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 four five zero.